The PlayStation 5 has been announced, and we've got some Overwatch for Switch PSA for you. Let's jump into it. What is up, guys? Welcome to Diggity, a video game podcast, episode number 112. I'm Jeff James, as always with me, the incredible, unobtainable, mayoral candidate for Wiener, Arkansas, the luscious Brody Folds. <laughs> oh, How are you? Arkansas. Now, I figured you'd do something Canada-related at this well, point. I mean, get getting back from Canada season. yesterday. It's election season. Fair Officially, enough. Officially, I Fair think, enough. right? I don't know. It never ends. Kind of. It never ends. I don't. It, it's just a constant thing here in the U.S. <clears throat> it's brutal. Cool. Um, guys, you can uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Diggity Podcast. <laughs> never did a bad, worst segue ever to our Twitter and Instagram ever, but whatever. <laughs> uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Diggity. Um, subscribe to our podcast if you're listening to the first time on any incredible place where incredible podcasts are to be had, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, or Deezer. Hit us up. We are there. Hit the subscribe button for great content. Um, and with that, what did you play this weekend? I played a pretty large amount of Link's Awakening. Been playing it while we were driving up to Canada and on the way back when I was not driving. And uh, played it a little bit while we were in Canada after everybody else went to bed. I just played a little Link's Awakening. Uh, and I also started Untitled Goose Game. Figured I'd see what all the commotion's about. Which is quite distracting while I was trying to drive because I really wanted yeah. to see it. And I'm like, oh, what can you do as a goose? Can you, can you move that as a goose? <laughs> oh, you can move that? Oh, that's cool as a goose, yeah. Just running around honking at everything. Yeah. Just honk, 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 honk. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you play? Uh, I played five minutes of Overcooked. There you go. Oh, that's <laughs> well, true. You guys like Jeff take over. Oh, no. We played Jackbox, too. Quit Bush. I yeah, we played some Jackbox game, yeah. games, yeah. Yeah, I played, yeah. spent a lot of time with family and friends and stuff like that, and I didn't get as much Overcooked time as it should have every game time. But, you know, family calls, so I think it's important. That's right. It's a good time for a break. But anyways, um, do you want to hit us with the upcoming games, dude, before we jump right on to the news? October 17th, Autonauts is coming to PC. Columns 2 is coming to Switch. The Fisherman, Fishing Planet, is coming to PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Uh, Ikident R is coming to Switch. Kine is coming to PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. Little Big Workshop is coming to PC. Monkey King, Hero is back, is coming to PC, PS4. Uh, Stranded Sales, Explorers of the Cursed Islands is coming to PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. Travis Strikes Again, No More Heroes Complete Edition is coming to PC and PS4. On October 18th, Apex Legends Bloodhound Edition is coming to PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Apex Legends Lifeline Edition is coming to PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Ice Age, Scrat's Nutty Adventure. I didn't even know they were still making Ice Age. Um, is coming to PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. Mega Aquarium is coming to PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. Uh, Pig Eat Ball is coming to PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. Ring Con Accessory which I assume yeah, Possibly. and Ring Fit Adventure is coming to the Nintendo Switch. I'm uh, not sure why they're listed separate, but yes. <laughs> uh, October 22nd, Beholder 2 is coming to PS4. Raging Loop is coming to PS4 and Switch. And Tangle Tower is coming to PC and Switch. And WWE 
2K20 is coming to PC, PS4, and Xbox One. It's a lot of games. That is a lot of games. A lot of tough names, too. Not going to lie. Yeah. You killed yeah. it through those. Some long ones. Uh, <laughs> ring con accessory. I guess if you just want to buy the ring by itself. How much is it yeah, by I itself? D- I don't even think they sell it by themselves. I'm not sure why it was listed They don't, separately. huh? <laughs> I, I, you should look that what up. What else would you use it for? See if they sell it separately or not. Um, just a replacement ring con for when you squeeze it too hard while trying to do Pilates in your living oh room. Oh, God. <laughs> um, quick piece of news, guys, before we jump into the deeper stuff. Um, a little Overwatch for Nintendo Switch PSA. They announced this, what, yesterday or two days Two days ago? Yeah, a couple days no. ago. And it wasn't actually Blizzard that announced it. It was a, a third party. Great. But, yeah. <laughs> Even better. Uh, the physical <laughs> release of Overwatch for Nintendo Switch will not include... An actual physical version or copy of the game. Just an empty case with a download code. If you're into case collecting, that's cool. If you're me and you waited up until this point because you're like, man, I really want to get the Overwatch cartridge. That'd be kind of neat. Kind of neat to have the game case. Be nice to have a physical version of it. Your point in the car when we were driving by from Canada was... You know, the size of the game, you know, most of it will be on the cartridge. It's great, awesome, cool, the saves, all that kind of shit. Nope. Not so nope. much. Nope. Nope. It's going to be uh, just a uh, just a code. And um, yep. that blows. I mean, why even – why do that? Why why even make a plastic case with the code? I, I, I don't really understand this either. I mean, uh, I mean I, other than maybe collectors, but even at that point, I mean – just, just release it digitally. I, they, I think the biggest thing is they like to have the visibility on the store or in the store. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, so at Walmart, while you're walking through, you're like, oh, you know, little Billy can be like, oh my gosh, you can play Overwatch on the Switch. We have to get it, and it, they, it it's more just the advertisement yeah. of it. I would assume because well, I was gonna say marketing. you need internet to play the game. It's not like it's like you know a standalone thing that doesn't need internet. Right. So it's not like you know someone who doesn't have very good internet needs to go to you know Walmart and purchase it because otherwise they can't down- it'll take forever to download you know online. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. Doesn't make much of a difference, but I. It was one of those things we figured we should at least let everybody know in case they were planning on picking up the physical edition. Granted, there is no difference in, as far as the physical and digital release date, so that doesn't really matter. But more of just a heads up for all the collectors out there. So. I still don't. I still, <laughs> <it> just, <sighs> yeah, I still don't understand. Uh, it, but whatever. Next piece of news. <laughs> uh, Doom Eternal has been delayed. No. And just a reminder here: we were pretty much off last week, um, so some of this is news from last week. So if you already knew, sorry, but we still have to cover. <laughs> uh, so Doom, Doom Eternal has been delayed. Uh, the official Doom account tweeted about it the other day and gave a message to fans. Uh, Throughout the development of Doom Eternal, our goal has been to deliver a game that exceeds your greatest expectations across the board. Uh, To make sure we're delivering the best experience for Doom Eternal to live up to our standards of speed and polish, we've made the decision to extend our launch date by a few months to March 20th, 2020. Man, 2020, 2020, 2020. Uh, We know many fans will be disappointed by this delay, but we are confident that Doom Eternal will deliver a gaming experience that is worth the wait. In addition to shifting the Doom Eternal launch date, we've made a couple other changes we want you to know about. Uh, Invasion mode, which will allow you to enter another player's game as a playable demon, will release as a free update shortly after the launch. 
uh, Doom Eternal for Nintendo Switch will release after other platforms. Uh, we will announce more about that in the future. Uh, and Doom 64 will be available on Xbox One, PlayStation 4, and PC in addition to Nintendo Switch, which uh, they had to clarify that because it was uh, announced during a Nintendo Direct. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are adding Doom 64 as a pre-order bonus for Doom Eternal on all platforms, so you'll be able to download and play this classic game for free just for pre-ordering Doom Eternal. Doom 64 will release March 20th, 2020 on all platforms. I'm kind of surprised they didn't put that out a little earlier just to kind of bridge the gap there but Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. we are grateful to every doom fan for your dedication and support we can't wait to rip and tear right alongside you so uh kind of sucks but i would much rather them do this than put out a half-baked game which for doom the the polish is always there um so I, I trust them when they say, you know, that they needed to push it back for a good reason. And uh, I, I think it's a good move by them, honestly. And that, I mean, that is a hectic time next year, or it's getting close to a hectic time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think it will still stand alone. It has its kind of own audience. And on top of that, it's very different from a lot of the other games that are coming out spring of next year. So sure. I, it should be fine. No, yeah, I think they'll, they'll, they'll be good. A little surprised that, honestly, they had to push it, but, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because they were demoing it earlier this year and stuff, and everybody was saying it was great, you know, it played well. and But granted, I mean, that's a specific build <clears throat> of a specific level was that the for Stadia? showing it off. Was the Stadia version? Or was that their special uh, weird, I forget the name of the technology and whatnot? Well... Uh, it was at E3 uh, that they were demoing it off that I remember, okay. you know, most people talking about. So I, I doubt they were really using any of that technology at that point. It was more just a playable demo type thing. But, uh, yeah, it, I if I remember correctly, it was going to come directly to Stadia as soon as it launched, which, I, I mean, it still will. It'll just be later. But that was one of the things Launch that titles, Stadia yeah. was kind of using as a as a crutch. Almost. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was their big, ga- their big, big game. Uh, so I'm sure Stadia isn't overly excited about that, but hey, I'd rather have a good quality game. Yeah, no, no, for sure. Uh, moving on to more news. Uh, Fortnite had over 6 million concurrent viewers for the event labeled The End. Uh, this stat comes solely from viewers on YouTube and Twitch. 4 million of that number coming from YouTube alone, which shows the power of YouTube. Uh, the End was mm-hmm. an event that was supposed to signal the end of Season 10 and the beginning of Season 11, but the name turned out to be more literal uh, than anyone expected. The End... Uh, Sorry, the end eventually, sorry, the end event actually, good lord, made the game unplayable. Epic also deleted more than 12,000 tweets on their Fortnite Twitter account, leaving only one tweet with a link to the stream of a black hole that ended Fortnite temporarily. As always, the internet has found numbers within the black hole, 146, 11, 15, and the number 62. Many attempts at deciphering the numbers have been made, one such attempt being a literal crab rave in Google Maps. As of the time of writing this, the game is still down, and the company has stayed completely silent on what is happening. It is likely that Season 11 will start this Thursday, seeing how Thursdays are the typical start days for new seasons. Plus, there's a new code on the Fortnite website that points to that this blackout lasting until 6 a.m. Eastern on Tuesday. This is absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it's fantastic. It was one of those things, oddly enough, so my oldest son... Um, he's he's seven or sorry he's yeah seven i had to think for a second uh he's seven and so he's right at the prime age of playing Fortnite. does all the dances all that stuff but he doesn't actually play the game 
And just the other day, I told him, I was like, hey, if you want to play Fortnite, especially because you have friends that play Fortnite, you're more than welcome to. Well, I got home uh, this morning from work, and he's like, I tried to play Fortnite, and, and I can't. I was like, man, that's weird. I'll have to check out and see what's going on. And then as as of writing show notes, I figured out why he couldn't play Fortnite because it is literally offline. You cannot play the game right now. And it's this weird, um, weird marketing move that is absolutely brilliant because it gets people talking about this game. They take the game off for a couple days or whatever, and the internet loses their minds because it is still, you know, the, the largest game out there. So I, this is brilliant. Uh, and I was actually interested in it as I was writing all this out, even though I don't care about Fortnite. I was like, huh, I wonder what's going on. Yeah, no. I mean, people are saying that it might be another map. It might be two mm-hmm. maps when we return. Mm-hmm. Um, Which I think would also be a smart move. Oh, I mean, for sure. You can only yeah. milk the same, same map for so long, even with you know changing it up here mm-hmm. and there. I think a couple new maps would be a, a very smart move on their part. Yeah, no, it would be a really smart move and just genius marketing. Let's take it offline. Literally, people can't stop talking about it. The people who've never played it want to check it out because they go, "Why would they shut a game down?" Let me turn and Mm -hmm. then turn it back on again. And the other people are just waiting to see what the hell is going to come back. So they're going to kill it. God, this is the smartest move ever for them to like kind of give it a bigger jolt. Not that it was like you know, I guess dying. Maybe perhaps it was starting to slow down a bit, but by no means was Mm -hmm. it like any worrisome slowdown. I don't think. Well. Revenue uh, from in-game purchases has been down. There was another news article that I read that uh, supposedly spending in-game is down like 52% from last year. But, I mean, at the same time, last last year it was at its peak. So so now they're only making a million dollars instead of like five. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) They're still absolutely killing it. But, uh, yeah, you're you're starting to see it kind of dwindle down a little bit, which – that's the way it goes. I mean, it, it can't stay that huge forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think this was a fantastic move to get everybody talking about it again. Not I, and like you said, you know, it's not that it was disappearing by any means. Six million concurrent viewers on uh, just YouTube and Twitch alone is just insane. So yeah, Fortnite, <laughs> Fortnite, <laughs> Fortnite, nah. get in here. Uh, so the PlayStation Five has been officially Ooh. announced. Um, None of this really, well, some of this is not really new news. Uh, it was all stuff that we fully expected mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for a year now. Yeah. But uh, the next iteration of the PlayStation will be launching holiday 2020. Uh, and again, that's exactly what we expected. Mm-hmm. Um, with the official announcement, Sony also talked about a new controller that will launch with the console. Uh, the new controller will feature two key innovations that are meant to add to the immersion that players feel as they play. Uh, The first of these features is using haptic feedback rather than traditional rumble. Uh, So haptic feedback is similar to what the Nintendo Switch uses, you know, for their one-two Switch game. Ice cubes. How many ice cubes? Yeah, baby. (laughs) Uh, And it will Mm. actually allow players to feel a broader range of feedback, uh, making each situation unique. Mm -hmm. So as you're driving, you know, slamming into a wall is going to feel different than, you know, just driving hopefully they make <laughs> the, just the the general rumble that you're going to feel um, and it sounds like they have big plans for it again it it kind of falls on the developers to utilize this feature yeah. but um, hopefully it's better than switch I, well i think the switch does pretty I think good it's in okay but i don't think it's like well most developers don't use it that's what i worry uh, about 
uh, a lot of developers use a pretty traditional rumble as in the Switch. Um, one of the first games that used it a lot was uh, Golf Story. Uh, they had very unique um, rumbles for like you when you would make make a hole it, it would rumble in a certain way that felt like the ball was like rolling around in there and it, it was really cool uh Link's Awakening does some of it too they use the haptic feedback a little bit but yeah so far it's it's kind of underutilized and I think I think going forward you know maybe some developers will push towards using mm-hmm. it um the second innovation is called adaptive triggers. Again, this is going to fall on developers, but uh, developers will be able to program trigger resistance into a game, giving a tactile sen- t- sensation <laughs> that has not been really done before um, with any console. Uh, would, would, again, you know, while you're driving games seem to be something that would be yeah, you know, like a shoe-in for this like feature. That, yeah. yeah, you can feel the, the change, and as you're changing gears and things like that, it, there's a lot of cool things they can do. Again, it's going to fall on developers to utilize these features. So how far they'll go, we don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of cool things they could do with it for sure. Uh, but these two features are designed to work together to simulate what you might actually feel while performing these actions in real life. Obviously, simulate is the key word there. It's not going to feel exactly like it, but it will make it feel better than just holding a controller with the most traditional rumble feature possible. Uh, so Sony has also used this announcement as an opportunity to remind fans that the PS4 is still very much alive and that blockbuster games such as Death Stranding, The Last of Us 2, and Ghost of Tsushima are still coming to the current generation. So they definitely are going to go out with a bang over the next year. And Wait, uh, don't. I imagine. Yeah. Please still buy the PS4. Yeah, hang on, we're not there yet. Keep buying it. Uh, but yeah, they're definitely, uh, I, I assume, going to go into the next generation strong as well. I mean, they're they're even with these games coming out at the end of this console generation, I'm sure they have more in store. Oh, for sure. PlayStation seems to be uh, playing it very smart right now, mm-hmm. from what we've heard. So mm-hmm. very very good stuff. I'm I'm excited to to try this new. Uh, controller out. Yeah, new controller sounds it sounds cool. really sounds good. Sounds like stuff Again, that actually like would stick around. Unlike you know, the, right? I mean, I guess the touchpad stayed around, but it. it well, and to an extent, it actually kind of opens up some jobs within development companies because now they're going to have somebody that specializes in you know adding feedback, these features yeah. and all this. Yeah, all the feedback, and I I think that's awesome because it it's just a a whole new realm of making video games that much better. And I mean, I, video games right now are clearly the best they've ever been, but it, they're, it's showing that there is improvement that can still be made and pushing towards the right direction. So mm-hmm. cool stuff. Something that does worry me. Yeah. What will the price of these controllers be? Oh, I imagine these, these guys are going to be like a hundred bucks. Uh, they're going to be salty. Uh, well, what's two joy cons? Well, right now two joy is what? 80 bucks, 90 bucks. Yeah, that's that's absolutely outrageous. But yeah, most like a, a traditional Dual Shock you can usually find on sale for like forty to fifty bucks. Uh, Xbox One controllers usually like when they first release, you know, a, a mm-hmm. new model or new color or whatever they they go for like sixty bucks and then they start kind of falling down. down a little bit. But uh, yeah, forty, fifty, sixty bucks somewhere in there God, is where we're at hopefully now. Hopefully they don't follow and, the Joy-Con. Oh, They're gonna gosh. though. I, I, yeah, and on top of that, I mean, the Joy-Con in itself is its own special thing because it's 
it has its fair share of issues as we've talked about before with all the drift and and all that but uh yeah i i i hope we don't get too carried away with the price on these that would not help anything by any means but we could also get rid of the track pads so <laughs> nobody yeah. uses that i hope they do the boomerang controller like they were gonna for the ps3 yeah that thing is dope <laughs> and concerning at the same time that someone would even show that on Mainly stage. concerning. My God. Uh, prediction also, I think that these consoles will sell even quicker than the pa- the previous ones. I agree. Both respectively uh, for uh, PlayStation and Xbox. And I think what you'll see is a lot of people, a lot more people owning both. Mm-hmm. I, I fully agree with that. I think um, PlayStation is still going to hold on to their exclusives. That's something oh, yeah. they're always yeah, going yeah, yeah. to do. Um, and Xbox has a few of them, but for the most part, I mean, Xbox is kind of trying to open it up a little bit, mm-hmm. um, you know, bringing Halo to PC and things like that. But I, I think I, I think this next generation will be the, the generation where you start seeing people own both. I yeah. think it'll take time, obviously, oh, because yeah, these yeah, are going to yeah. be expensive consoles. But over, you know, two years or so, once the price starts dropping, I bet, I bet a lot of people yeah. that are pretty hardcore into gaming will start picking up the other console yeah. and owning both. And you got the Halo effect on the Xbox side, right? I mean, shit, that does yeah. a lot. Well, yeah, you release Halo, mm-hmm. and the amount of people that just go out to buy a console for Halo is insane. Is insane. Yeah. Even after they've you know kind of flopped a couple of them in a row. No, here, absolutely. But, yeah. Uh, but they still Halo just has that staying power for sure. Cool. Uh, in other news, Steam. We'll be adding a new feature. The new feature will be called Remote Play Together. Remote Play Together will now allow players to enjoy local multiplayer games over the internet. Uh, All local multiplayer, local co-op, and split-screen games will automatically be included in the Remote Play Together beta that will begin on the week of October 21st. Uh, Only the host will need to own the game, and any of your friends can be invited to play the normally remote game online with you, which is pretty incredible in my books. But, you know, Uh, this new feature was shared with the internet by Hidden, uh, in plain sight developer, Adam Sprang. Uh, Sprang received an email from Steam letting him know of the coming beta and immediately took to Twitter. Um, wild. I mean, that is, that is so cool. I mean, you, you, someone can own a game, yeah. you just play it with them. Well, and that's the big thing with a lot of local games is it, sometimes it's hard to get together. I mean, especially as you get older and you get busy, it's hard to get together to play a local co-op game or a local multiplayer game, you know, uh, like Snipper Clips on Nintendo Switch or, you know, Overcooked or whatever. But it, I think this is a fantastic thing. And clearly, uh, Steam actually took it upon themselves to to put this into uh, practice because, you know, these guys are just finding out about it, you know, last week and it takes effect in a week. Uh, so it's definitely one of those things that, you know, Steam is putting it out there and they're they're taking care of the uh, the development of this actual feature. And uh, I think it's going to help a lot of developers because there's a lot of games like especially local co-op on PC. I've always found very weird. Right, right, right. I don't know why. It's just... It's just one of those things to me. It's like I don't want to play co-op on PC and have you know somebody else <laughs> sitting in a chair next to me. You're like yeah, staring at a weird. smaller monitor and stuff. But uh, I think it's I think it's an awesome feature and something that I hope some of the other console gener- or the other console makers and stuff take to and they they make their own implementation of this. Mm. It'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, something that's not awesome. No. Uh, the Blizzard fiasco that's been going on Good for the Lord. past week or so. 
So I split this up about halfway because there is a lot here. Uh, so Blizzard has removed Hearthstone's Grandmaster's winning winners interview and stripped him of his winnings after he said liberate Hong Kong revolution of our age during his interview. Uh, Blizzard is sticking to their guns and cited an official rule from the competition on page 12, section 6.1. Engaging in any act that, in Blizzard's sole discretion, brings you into public dispute, uh, sorry, offends a portion or group of public, or otherwise damages Blizzard's image, will result in removal from Grandmasters and reduction of the player's prize total to zero U.S. dollars, in addition to other remedies which may be provided for under the handbook and Blizzard's website terms. Uh, Blizzard continued by saying, Grandmasters is the highest tier of Hearthstone esports, and we take tournament rules violations very seriously. After an investigation, we are taking the necessary actions to prevent similar incidents from happening in the future. Effective immediately, Blitzchung uh, is removed from Grandmasters and will receive no prizings for Grandmasters Season 2. Additionally, Blitzchung is ineligible to participate in Hearthstone Esports for 12 months beginning from October 5th, 2019 and extending to October 5th, 2020. Uh, We will also immediately cease working with both of the casters involved in the situation. Uh, We'd like to re-emphasize, or sorry, re-emphasize tournament and player conduct within the Hearthstone Esports community from both players and talent. While we stand by one's rights to express individual thoughts and opinions, players and other participants that elect to participate in our esports competitions must abide by the official competition rules. So after all of this went down, uh, Blitzchung has also released a, a sorry, good God, <laughs> released a statement. Uh, thank you for your attention in the past one week. This is, by the way, this is a translation. So if it's a little rough. That's why. (laughs) Probably Google translated. Uh, Thank you for your attention in the past one week. This is a personal statement in my view on Blizzard's latest decision. First of all, I'm grateful for Blizzard reconsidering their position about my ban. Earlier this week, I told the media that I knew I might have penalty or consequence for my act because I understand that my act could take the conversation away from the purpose of the event. In the future, I will be more careful on that and express my opinions or show my support to Hong Kong on my personal platforms Uh, many people have been asking me if i accept the latest decision of blizzard i will discuss that on two parts uh tournament prizing and suspension for tournament prizing i quoted that blizzard said or quoted what blizzard said on the official website they mentioned that i played fair in the tournament and they believe i should receive my prizing this is the part i really appreciate uh blizzard also said they understand for some This is not about the prize, but perhaps for others, it is disrespectful to even discuss it. Uh, People from Blizzard had explained this to me through a phone call, and I really appreciate that, and I accept their decision on this part. For the second part of the suspension, Blizzard had changed their suspension on me from a year to six months. Once again, I appreciate their reconsideration on this. To be honest, I think six months is still quite a lot to me, but I I am also being told that I can continue to complain in the Hearthstone Pro Circuit, which they mean the Grandmaster Tournament. I appreciate this decision. Uh, They made... Because Grandmaster is currently the highest level tournament in competitive Hearthstone. However, I wish Blizzard can reconsider their penalty on the two casters involved. Lastly, many people want to know if I would be... 
competing in Hearthstone in the future. Honestly, I have no idea on that yet, since my next tournament is very likely to be the Grandmaster Tournament next season. It's probably at least a few months from now on. I will take this time to relax myself to decide if I am staying in competitive Hearthstone scene or not. Hearthstone changed my way... Change the way I live. This translation sucks. <laughs> I really love this community. Blessing all of the players out there and blessings to Blizzard. So his statement actually came after the next statement we're reading here from the uh, president of Blizzard. So I'll let you uh, finish this up there. Cool. Buddy. Yeah. Uh, Blizzard president Jay Allen Brack released a long blog post after the dust settled a little bit. Uh, if you want to hear the whole article, you'll have to go to the website uh, since it's too long to include in this episode. But Here are some of the highlights and important tidbits from us. Um, At Blizzard, our vision is to bring the world together through epic entertainment. Not epic games. Uh, And we have core values that apply here. Think globally, lead responsibly, and importantly, every voice matters, encouraging everybody to share their point of view. Uh, The actions that we took over the weekend are causing people to question if we are still committed to these values. We absolutely are, and I will explain. Our esports programs are an expression of our vision and our values. Esports exist to create opportunities for players from around the world from different cultures and from different backgrounds to come together to compete and share their passion for gaming. It is extremely important to us to protect these channels and the purpose they serve, to bring the world together through epic entertainment, celebrate our players, and build diverse and inclusive communities. Uh, Part of thinking globally, leading responsibly, and leading story responsibly, and every voice matters, Jesus, is recognizing (laughs) that we have players and fans in almost every country in the world. Our goal is to help players connect in areas of uh, commonality, like their passion for our games, and create a sense of, uh, sorry, create a sense of shared community. I cannot read today. The specific views expressed (laughs) by Blitz Chung were not a factor in the decision we made. I want to be clear. Our relationships in China had no influence on our decision, I bet. Uh, We have these rules to keep the focus on the game and on the tournament to the benefit of a global audience. Uh, And that was not only the uh, only consideration the actions we took. If this had been the opposing viewpoint delivered in the same uh, divisive and deliberate way, we would have felt and acted the same. Okay, so what could have Blizzard done better? And where do we go from here? Over the past few days, many players, casters, esports fans, and employees have expressed their deep concerns. I, I don't like – just pause one second here because I'm, I'm not a fan of this guy's <laughs> shit. Like I think it's just a bunch <laughs> of fugazi. It doesn't – Well, absolutely. Like, Of course it is. I mean what, what else is he going to do in this situation? He can't double down at this point because there's so many people claiming that they're going to boycott Blizzard and – so the only thing he can do is go out there and lie his ass off. Yeah. It's just, God. that's Mark. Uh, I hate All right. It. It's all moving on. Uh, many players, casters, esports fans, and employees have expressed concerns. Like we said about how we determine the penalties. We have had a chance to pause, to listen to our community and to reflect on what we could have done better. In hindsight, our process wasn't, uh, wasn't adequate and we reacted too quickly. Uh, we want to ensure that we will remain, maintain a safe and inclusive environment for all our players and that our rules and processes are clear. All this is in service of, of another important Blizzard value. Play nice, play fair. In the tournament itself, Blitz Chung played fair. We now believe he should receive his prizing. We understand that for some, this is not about the prize, and perhaps for others, it is disrespectful to even discuss it. That is not our intention. All right. Uh, but playing fair also includes appropriate pre- and post-match conduct, especially when a player accepts recognition for winning in a broadcast. 
When we think about the suspension, six months for Blitzchung is more appropriate, after which time he can complete, compete in the Hearthstone Pro Circuit again if he so chooses. There is a consequence for taking the conversation away from the purpose of the event and disrupting or derailing the broadcast. With regard to the casters, remember their purpose is to keep the event focused on the tournament. That didn't happen here, and we are setting their suspension to six months as well. Um, <clears throat> before this, uh, it would be a great note to people again, um, if you don't know, that Tencent owns uh, just a little over 5% of Activision Blizzard and actively injects capital into them and also has some sort of direction inside of Activision Blizzard. I thought they owned more than 5%. Uh, it's like 5%, but then they also have like... <laughs> I think yeah. I think they loan shit um, uh-huh. and then... In, they inject yeah. capital, but without shares for other notes. And I, I mean, basically they work fucking, they work with them all the time. Um, yeah. And you don't fuck with Tencent. Uh, Tencent also owns 40% of Epic games, which at any moment in time, they could say, fuck you, Activision Blizzard. We're going to put more money into the Epic games. And then Epic games starts taking away from Blizzard's, you know, market shares, yada, yada, yada. What? And, and the reason this is important in case, we didn't oh, mention yeah. it there. Tencent is a Chinese company, yeah. uh, a Chinese company that uh, works with the Chinese government on a very regular basis. Um, so this this is a a big deal to Activision Blizzard uh, because again, you don't want to they don't want to hurt their relationship with Tencent. Uh, it it doesn't help them because again, they dump a shitload of money into this company. Yeah, it's. Uh... None of that is obvious. Well, he says it's not because of blah, blah, blah. Eh, right. Of course not. I don't not. know about that. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I don't believe that don't for know about a that. When second. China sends people into Hong Kong to beat the shit out of people who are asking for democracy and a fair vote, a fair government, uh, and a company is Chinese and just full flat out, I mean, China does not play fair. They never fucking have, and they usually have a lot of state-run fucking companies, and I wouldn't be fucking surprised if Tencent literally has a bit of the Chinese government on their ass all the oh, time. Oh, absolutely. Stuff. So, I mean, whatever. Take, take what you want. I would be willing Someone to Someone could say it's not right. It might be very – I might be completely wrong, but I'm just going out there on a fucking limb and saying, hey, um, there's a little bit of motivation to do shit. Yeah. Also, it's uh, broadcasting um, – I mean, I guess if you want to take – see, my, my thing is this always is if you want to be treated like something, um, then you need to act like something and you need to behave like that's something that you so badly want to be like. So esports, sports broadcasting, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I guess you could – it's not exact, but I mean you could call Colin Kaepernick and you could put the – you know, taking a knee – all that kind of jazz, yeah. right? I mean, it's in the sense, it obviously it's political. Um, but, I mean, what do they do? They still play the fucking game. I mean, it, it, it's, it's right. whatever. I mean, leave it to people to be divisive about it. You don't need to snap the fucking mic from some dude, cut him off. And then you surely do not fucking need to suspend the people who are literally talking about the fucking thing that just took place during your broadcast. Right. I mean, and it's it's absurd. Even then, from from what I understand, this was pretty much like a a, a real quick thing. It's not like he went into no, a huge he just speech said one about sentence. the the. 
yeah, it was a single sentence, like the, I mean, essentially like his sign off, right? Like I'm going to Disney World. Well, instead, there's a major conflict going on where he is from, and so he mentioned it. And I, I think the the rule that they cite, the most important part of that rule is the at their discretion. At Blizzard's sole discretion allows for a lot of leeway, and that rule does not completely cover what was said in this. Uh, he did not use it as a giant platform to, you know, bring in a giant speech. It was a one-sentence sign-off type of thing. Call it a day. It This has gotten blown out of proportion so far. Um, and honestly, you know, what is going on in Hong Kong right now completely affects uh, Blitz Chung's life. I mean, he is from Hong Kong again, and all of the people in Hong Kong. It, it is such a important thing going on over there, and for for them to act like someone from Hong Kong should not, you know, acknowledge that something is happening is kind of just out there. You you I I don't see how you could. It's such an important part of their life, and I just. This is one of those things, you know, like you said, with the the stuff that uh, J. Allen Brock said. It, it was very much a damage control kind of statement where, oh, well, we could have done this better, but we're still kind of sticking to our guns, but reducing the sentences and stuff. And it's just one of those bullshit things that these companies do when they get caught in, in a bad situation. Um, but it, it, it's just, I, I, I don't see why this got to this point at all blizzard well i guess i do see where this why. take place and too it, it goes back to, uh this one i don't remember where the grandmasters was i'll, I'll look it up i'll look it up continue i don't believe it was in china though i don't think it i mean with everything going on over there i highly doubt they held it there but uh it's just like you said you know tencent owns a good portion of activision they're dumping a bunch of money into activision blizzard and this was all a knee-jerk reaction because they're trying to keep a good relationship with Tencent because that's not something they want to lose, and they handled it very poorly, and honestly, they should have let the man speak and let him have his small little platform for his one sentence and move on. Let it go. There was no reason to react like this. Yeah. And again, uh, the as far as the casters go, I shit. What are they supposed to do? Punch the dude as he goes to talk? One of the guys like, stepped down I mean, today what, or yesterday. Yeah, yeah. admirable. Ste- I don't blame him. Uh, admirable step down from casting Hearthstone Grandmasters. I would not be surprised if somebody else picks him up and gives him a job as a caster, just as a statement, if nothing else. I mean, there was there was some other trading card type uh, Hearthstone knockoff type thing that said that they would fund all of uh, Blitzchung's uh, winnings. Uh, that before, you know, all the statement and everything that he was going to get paid for it. But, um, and, and nobody had ever even heard of this company from what I understand. It was kind of one of those things that are like, okay, mm. cool, but who's this? So now, now there's a lot of other companies trying to jump in and, you know, take the side of Blitzchung and Hong Kong as a whole. And which is, I mean, great, but at the same time, they also have, you know, some ulterior motives here of promoting their own company and making themselves look good, which, that business that's that's kind of how she goes sometimes but yeah it's just this was a mess and it has been for the last week or so it has just been a huge huge part of the gaming news and it it's been polarizing for a lot of people i mean granted 
most people are fully against Blizzard in this case. Uh, it, it is very much one of those things where you're kind of seeing the the gaming community, especially the Hearthstone community, really reacting in a in a uh, uh, not a bad way, but just kind of reacting poorly towards uh, Blizzard and and you know it, not poorly again. That's not really the word I want here, but uh, they're they're reacting in a negative way towards Blizzard, and it it is very much something that. I, I think in this case Blizzard deserves. They they really uh, shit the bed here. Yeah, it's. I mean they've mm, they've really fucked it up big time. Yeah, and I just uh, I don't know. It goes into that whole like what's free speech and what. I mean, obviously, if you have it in a different country, whatever. But I mean, I don't think you can really pull that. Keep pulling this kind of shit. Um, no. In North America, to be honest with you. Um, no. And not get more flack than this. I mean, it's just the guy literally had the opinion to say something. What are the fucking broadcasters going to do? Not say anything? Yeah. They're used to yeah, they're used to a guy awkwardly holding a cup and saying nothing when asked by the announcer <laughs> with confetti. And now the guy finally right. says something. And it's a decent opinion with a great message of something that it's not like it's a difference of opinion. Like, I mean, I would probably say 90% of people are kind of in his route are like, oh, yeah. let Hong Kong do its shit. Yep. I don't know. Stupid. Fucking stupid. It's fucking dangerous, dude, letting other companies from other countries own your shit. I mean, it's not like a, I mean, it's not a, a dickish, like, Canadian American thing where it's like, oh, well, it should be American owned. It's like, when we start getting into this realm of like the internet, um, social media, and, and shit being everywhere, and 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 some stardom from these kinds of things, to have a company dictate how you run something that has contestants from their country and in, in your shit, and it's somewhere else that you can't that you're not from with laws. I mean, it's it's fucking difficult, dude. It's it's really messed up. Like really, really, really messed up. Like. Think of the things that might be achieved through, like, Fortnite for Hong Kong if I had the ability to do so. Because, you know, nothing's going to fucking go on about that at all. Right. At all. Because right. they own 40% of that. Yeah. They're, they've pigeonholed themselves so bad there, you know. It, it becomes a conflict of interest type of thing. Because now you're not just worrying about, you know, the rights of other people and the and just you know making a decent game you're also so concerned about keeping this other company happy or happy that has very different agendas than what you do mm-hmm. and it it becomes this huge conflict of interest where it, it's just it, it's messy it's extremely messy and it doesn't make for good situations uh this is far from the first time that Tencent has been Kind of rem- oh, <laughs> sorry. My life it, for audio listeners. Jeff just shut all of his. My lights life just off. went dark. Uh, but yeah, there we go. It, it's it's very much just a mess once you start getting so many different uh, you know countries and and beliefs involved. Um, I don't know. It, it's. I, I agree. It's not one of those things that I'm it's saying. scary. You know, oh, it should be all American owned. But the thing is, it becomes way too much about politics mm-hmm. at a certain mm-hmm. point to where you are no longer worried about 
creating good content, well, getting good yeah. games out there, and allowing people to speak the way that they should be able and to And especially speak. when it's it becomes politics when it's a company that owns a chunk of your company for a country that literally – I mean I don't want to shit on China, but literally tells people what they fucking can say – yeah, closes off sections of the internet, closes off games to the public, yep. has a complete censorship on their entire country, yeah. and, and tells and steals shit all the time, intellectual property all day long. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, and it's one of those things that we we've said many times that we don't get political on this show, and we don't. We we generally try to stay we out don't. of politics, but this is kind of one of those exceptions where. Uh, it, it's almost less about politics and more about human rights in a uh, way. Yeah. I mean, in all honesty, kind of common and sense. so it's, yeah. It, and it, it's just this weird disconnect and, you know, it, it's not one of those things we're going to come on here and, you know, start bushing or bashing public leaders or anything like that. We're still not a politics podcast, but no. this is absolutely relevant to what we do cover and absolutely relevant to humans as a as a species and and just being able to uh have the right to say what you believe and and i think that's absolutely necessary and like you said with the the esports thing you know they want this to be like sports well uh, i don't know if you've ever watched much interviews with people in sports but the they NFL. say a lot of crazy shit <laughs> the nfl specifically the nfl yeah it's just if you're going to mimic it, you, you kind of got to own what happens after that. Uh, yeah, so. you kind of got to be like sports if you want to be like sports. Yeah. You know? Exactly. <laughs> Good God. Well, guys, this episode took time and effort to create. If you want to support the show, head on over to Patreon. Patreon.com slash Podcast. Become a patron over there. You can also support the show by heading on over to audibletrial.com slash Diggity. D-I-G-G-I-T-Y. Get yourself a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial. That's audibletrial.com slash Diggity. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Diggity Podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. YouTube channel is Diggity. Little green logo with the black joystick. You can also find Diggity Trailers now, which Ooh. is an all-black logo with the white joystick. Oh, no. It's just our name and then trailers. <laughs> My bad. Um, and we, I, we decided to kind of put trailers on that because I don't want to spam people who don't want to see trailers. It's yeah, kind of how like everyone else kind of doing it on YouTube too, and it's like I don't really want to follow everybody, but kind of seemed right. Seems like a good idea. So that's one we can get behind. Yeah, exactly. Um, guys, you can find me on Xbox One. My gamer tag is Maple Jeff. You can find me on Xbox at Luscious Brody, and you can find me on PlayStation at Wolverine's cousin. Sweet guys, leave us a review. It helps us out a ton. Whether it's a comment on one of our YouTube videos or a text review on iTunes, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to wonderful, incredibly talented people such as ourselves and their wonderful, beautiful podcasts. <laughs> it does two things. Count them two. Three, I guess. The One. <laughs> one. Trace. All right. Trace All right. <laughs> one. It gives us incredible feedback so we can make the show better. Because if you don't like something, you need to let us know, whether it's, you know, through a DM on Twitter or, you know, whatever. Or if you don't give us five stars, we know that we got to work harder for that fifth star because that matters. Um, two, it actually gets us noticed on platforms. It's like, I don't know how it works, which kind of blows, but that's 
how it works. Basically, iTunes and those guys want to see how many reviews you have. What's the average? If you only have like one review, then whatever. If you have like 10 reviews at five stars, then you get recommended more. And it spreads the word of diggity. Unfortunately, that's how it goes. That's what it is. Um, and three, the third is literally they'll just uh, – you'll be somewhere on the fucking internet. I mean technically there's a third and that's – you're just there. Your post is now posted somewhere on the internet. And that's the third thing that it does for us. But that doesn't really help us. But the all-important two things before definitely help us a lot. <laughs> so please leave us a review. Uh, people have left reviews uh, in the past actually uh, and lately – uh, which has been extremely helpful uh, on from different countries even too, which is great. Super happy for other people to listen to us in other countries. There's listeners in France, which is kind of crazy. I mean, I don't know if it was my chicken nugget comment that did it and boosted that metric, but <laughs> I, I'm going to go ahead and say yes. So, But until next time, guys, we will see you for the Friday show. See ya. If I buy a physical version of a game, I want the cartridge. That's the whole point.